Hello. Welcome back to my little cherubs, my little figgies, my little love bugs. Sorry. <laughs> I've been away for quite some time, as you probably have noticed. Um, three years, to be frank and exact about it. Um, but I've decided to bring the podcast back because I miss it. I miss talking to creatives. I miss talking to poets. Um, this will be the third season of the podcast. So this season, I have met lots of really cool writers and poets over the past three years. And I'll be talking to them. So stay tuned for that. But first, this episode, which is just like an introductory, where I've been, what I've been doing kind of episode. Um So, yeah, where have I been? I think the last episode I recorded was in 2020. And that was, like, around the start of the pandemic. And I didn't think that it was going to take that much out of me, but it definitely did. Um, I was just, like, very anxious, very scared, very depressed for a very long time. Um, And I also had a job that was draining the fuck out of me. Um, sorry for the language. This is rated explicit, I think. So you shouldn't have a problem if you see that explicit sign. Um, but yeah, I just was very drained. Um, and I was struggling to find joy in even the things that I love. So like poetry, writing, um, talking to people about their art, all that stuff. Um, I was just really struggling to find the energy to do that during 2020. So I let the podcast lapse. Um, And then what else have I been up to in that three-year juncture? Um, I've just been like working a ton. I think, yes, when I was, um, when I was still doing the podcast, I had been writing for a website called Autostraddle for um, about a year when I started the podcast and I started in 2019 at Autostraddle. This year in 2023, I left that site for a number of reasons. I will link the Autostraddle Writers Coalition post that we did about why I left Autostraddle. Um, And that was only in June of 2023. So it's still fairly fresh. I've still been pitching to other magazines that are literary places, trying to get my writing out there. But also in part of quitting Autostraddle, I wanted to redirect and refocus on poetry as an art form and as my like primary love. So that's what I've been doing lately. Um, I think the last time I talked to you, I had not started writing this, but I started a new manuscript of poems. I'm not gonna say the title, This manuscript has been a finalist for a literary prize. It hasn't been published yet, but we have our fingers crossed and our toes crossed and whatever other things in our bodies that we can cross that this round of submissions that I did back in like um, the spring, something will come out of that. So I have a lot of faith in this manuscript. It's very good. It's about, um, I'll put a trigger warning. in the episode description, but um, this manuscript is about the experience that I went through when I was raped back in 2015, and I took the person that did it to court and went through the whole trial process. 
Um, so I wrote a manuscript about that process um, and dealing with police, dealing with lawyers, dealing with the re-traumatization of it all. Um, so yeah, that is hopefully getting published soonish. We'll have to see who likes it and who doesn't, all that stuff. Um, but I started that in maybe 2021, maybe late 2020, early 2021 is when I started writing those poems. Um, or like putting together poems that I've written about the experience and like um, writing new ones and all that stuff. So a, a few of those poems have been published and now, um, let me see if I can pull that up to let you know where you can read them. Um, let's see. Most recently I had uh, when published by a magazine called Swim. And that poem is called uh, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Verses. Um, and In the Autumn of My Secrecy was published by Longleaf Review. Um, Infestation was published by um, Jarfly Magazine. And I Develop a Crush on My Psychiatrist was published by Pangaris. I think that's how you spell it. I mean, pronounce it. Um, so those four poems are from that manuscript and they've been published in a few different journals. Um, I'll probably put links to that too in the description just to make it easy for y'all to find those things or put a link to my website in the description. Um, so yeah, I started that manuscript, getting poems from it published, doing readings of those poems as well. Um, and that has been great but also kind of rough. Um, it's like, obviously very difficult to revisit that period in my life. I was 22 when it happened and everything had been resolved by my 24th birthday. So it was two years of just like going through the muck and the mud of it all and also going through some other things with like relationships in my life that were not healthy. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to really write about that experience because I feel like there are a lot of narratives about sexual assault in the world, but not a lot about the legal end of it and how the justice system is ill-equipped to defend and like actually seek and find justice for victims of sexual assault. So I wrote about that. Um, okay. I don't want to dwell too much on that because it's kind of a bummer, but let's see what else have I been up to. Um, oh, big news, big news. Um, so back in 2020, I was still living in Pittsburgh, but in 2022, I moved. I moved out of Pittsburgh for the first time in my life and I moved to South Carolina. Basically, I followed my brother here, um, one of my older brothers that I'm very close to. Um, I followed him here, and I've been living here since September of 2022. And I do like it. It is the first, my first time living in like a deeply red state. The city that I live in is kind of like a purple spot in like a red state. Um, so it's a little bit more progressive, a little bit more queer friendly, but still like very 
strange. Um, I'm getting used to like the personalities, the temperaments of Southern people. And that's been interesting. I think that, you know, you always hear about Southern hospitality and I've experienced that for sure. But like, also I'm coming from Pittsburgh where like people, I don't want to say people are fake, but people are like, have a very superior mindset because, you know, you're in a city, a blue city of like a, a state that is mostly redder. Um, like if you, if you leave Pennsylvania, if you leave Pittsburgh and Philly, most of the cities in, um, in towns in Pennsylvania are red. So people in Pittsburgh and Philly have this like kind of superiority complex. I think that's my opinion. Um, of like, oh, we're like the cool older brother of like the rest of the state. Um, So that sort of breeds a very unsavory personality in my opinion. Um, And I just wanted to leave that. And also because of what I went through back in 2015, I was like, I just need to get out of here. And I'm happy that I did. That's like really big news. I can't believe I forgot that I moved. I'm sitting in my new-ish apartment um, in my bedroom recording this right now on a new mic that I just bought. Um, It's a Yeti. It wasn't that expensive, so I'm very proud of the purchase. Um, And it sounds really good, so that's also a plus. Um, Yeah. Um, What else have I been doing? Uh, You know, I started in... um, 2022, I'll start a new job. I'm not going to say where I work just because that's private business. But I'm basically working as an editor full time. And that's been really cool. Um, editing is like such a wonderful art form. Um, I am really excited about doing editing for a living. Um, I think that my experience being a, a revisionist, or a revisor or whatever in poetry has made me a better editor just because like poetry is all about the succinctness of the line. And so when I go into editing stuff for this company that I work for, I have this like keen ability to see how things can move and shift and change in a really unique way. At least that's what I think. I think I do a pretty good job of editing. Um, So yeah, I've been doing that. Um, what else? That's really all that I've been up to. I worked as a music journalist for a little bit back in 2021, um, 2022. Um, so I have been, and continue to interview a number of musicians that I have admired and loved for a really long time. Like I got to talk to Julian Baker, which like, if you can see my face right now, I'm still in shock because of it. She was so gracious and kind and so willing and eager to answer my questions. And just like a lovely person. I was already in love with her, but like that just cemented my huge crush on her. Um, so yeah, I interviewed her. I interviewed Lucy Dacus a couple times. Um, Valerie June was also absolutely an angel. I love talking to her. Um, just a bunch of people that I've talked to over the years. Um, 
So I'm still doing untoggle bops on this podcast. So I'll come to you with even more new music from my time as a music journalist um, that I have really enjoyed. I'm still like trying to finesse my way into interviewing more musicians for other publications now that I don't work at Odyssey anymore. Um, and that's been mildly successful. Um, I still get sent like a lot of new albums or like um, albums before they get released. So I'm listening to those and trying to write about those as well, doing reviews and things like that. Um, yeah. I'm going to take a little bitty break and then come back to you with some more updates. All right, we're back. Um, sorry, I just had to get some water. I was parched from talking for almost 15 minutes straight. Um, yeah, so what else do I want to catch you guys up on or catch y'all up on? Um, okay, so what I've been reading and things that I've loved and so on and so forth. So part of this podcast is what I do is, if you haven't listened before, of a section where I just read poems to you. Um, so I've been buying and like, obviously like purchasing a lot of different books of poems over the past three years. Um, some that I've read that I will read to you that I've loved recently are Foreign Hand by Alicia Mountain. Um, Kay Iver or Iver is a poet that I know and like adore um, their po- their book of poems, short film starring my beloved Red Bronco is like heart-wrenching to die for, so beautiful. Um, Ocean Vuong came out with a new book of poems called Time is a, Time is a Mother. Um, Poet Paula Tran, I believe is their name. Uh, I think their debut collection of poetry is called All the Flowers Kneeling um, that made me weep so good. Um, What else? I'm like blanking on all the books that I bought in the past three years, which is understandable because that's a three year period and I can't remember everything. But um, yeah. Right now, I am reading a book of poems by Courtney Courtney Faye Taylor. It's called Concentrate. Um, it is a very good book. I'm only about halfway through, so I can't really speak on it too much because I haven't read it and like really dived into the poems. But so far, it's very good. Um, what else? Let me see if I can pull up on my phone any books that I've been reading. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Diane Seuss, I believe is how you say that. Her book of poems, Frank. I read that. I ate that up. It was so fucking good. Um, I believe she won a prize for that book. I can't remember which one, but um, yeah, that was a very good book. Um, let's see. Oh, I read Franny Choi. I read Soft Science, and I also read The World Keeps Ending and The World Goes On. Very good. Um, 
I read New Book of Pumps, are kind of new. Uh, I think it came out in 2021, but The Malevolent Volume by Justin Philip Reed. And that was a very good book of poems. Yeah, I read, I've read a lot, honestly, like so many books, too many to count. So I'll stop now, but um, I'll be bringing a lot of them to you to read to you from them. And I have a book of poems that I'll be reading to a little, to you a little bit later um, by Terrence Hayes, his new book of poems. And y'all know how I feel about Terrence Hayes. Or if you don't, I'm kind of in love with him. Um, I like, when I was in college, I was working on my senior project and like, I was like, I'm only gonna read black female poets and like lesbian poets. And I'm gonna write a black lesbian manifesto of poems, you know, like, I don't like to use the word manifesto, but I'm blanking on the term that I wanna use. Um, I feel like manifesto is very linked to like white male screeds of rage. Uh, so I don't like to use it. Um, but I was just like, that's all I want to read. And my professor and like mentor at the time was like, you would really like Terrence Hayes. And I was like, he's a man. No. And then um, he was like, you would really like Terrence Hayes. Pick up the book. And then I was like, okay. So I got lighthead. And the first poem immediately snatched me into the world of the book. And I was like, fuck, this is so good. Um, so since then, I've been like obsessed with him. And we used to live in the same city. We both used to live in Pittsburgh. Um, so I'd see him around sometimes. And I just passed the seven year anniversary of the first time that I met him, which was um, honestly only a few days after I got assaulted. Um, like a, maybe like two weeks after I got assaulted, I met him for the first time. Um, and that was like a very wild and emotional experience because I've been leaning really hard on poetry to like understand what has happened to me and like parse my emotions and all that shit. Um, so yeah. Um, and he signed my books and drew little pictures of me in the book. And so I saw those books. I think it's very cute. I still very much cherish how in that on that day, in that time in my life, I felt very like seen by someone that I had admired. Um, and that really helped me to like move forward in the path to like healing. Cause I hadn't started therapy at that point. I hadn't even reported it to the police at that point. So um, that was a big deal for me. Um, so I'm reading some of his new poems from the book, so to speak. Um, yeah. What else? Just a quick media catch up, y'all. Um, I'm sure many of you who are listening to this now have watched the show Succession. Um, I got really into it after I visited my brother in 2019, which I was still doing the podcast back then. Um, but we watched an episode. I was not super into it at that time. And I revisited back in 2021 um, and started watching the episodes in the series. And then I'm all caught up now. So I've like watched the series finale and all that stuff. And let me just say, I'm a Kendall girl until I die. 
I love Kendall Roy. I know that he is incredibly flawed and incredibly shitty. But something about being the fuck up of the family, the like battled drug addicted one is like close to my heart. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was really into Succession and I watched that for its entire run. Um, also, show that I was super into when it was airing was Yellow Jackets. Obsessed. Obsessed. Um, I briefly like DM Jasmine Savoy Brown because I was trying to get an interview with her uh, because she had released some new music and I was trying to like, you know, like get into like um, interviewing her for Autostraddle, but her publicist, I think, said no. Um, so I just did a little article about it and she really liked it. Um, so yeah, I got to DM her very briefly and she was very nice and very accommodating. Um, and I think her performance in that show is like phenomenal. Taisa, I'm a Taisa head until I die as well. Um, young Taisa and adult Taisa, but especially adult Taisa. If you haven't parsed it together yet, I'm very much a fan of deeply flawed individuals who are still somehow lovable. Um, what else? The Righteous Gemstones. That is a funny ass show. It's like Succession, but for churchy, funny people. Um, I think it's a great show. If you haven't watched it, I think you should. I, it took a little while for me to get into it, just like my brother was telling me to watch it. And I was like, oh, you know. And I started watching, and it was, like, fucking good. So, yeah, I've been watching a little bit of TV. Um, at this moment, the writers and the actors are on strike so I haven't really been talking about or like writing about the shows that I'm watching. I it was never really a TV writer to begin with. Um, so um, I don't want to like cross the picket line at all, but I also wanted to just update y'all on like what I've been watching. Um, pay those fucking writers and actors, especially the ones that aren't A-listers. Like there's such a common misconception about like everybody in Hollywood being a millionaire. Um, it's like they're working class just like you there's a lot of them that are working class that are like making less than 30k a year you know and trying to live in LA of all places on that salary like it's hard um yeah so support the writers support the actors as well and whoever else is going on strike in that sort of sphere and also even outside of Hollywood um, I support our striking workers, period. Like, everybody needs a pay update, a pay increase, except for, of course, the billionaires. Um, fuck billionaires. Uh, okay, now that I'm off my soapbox about billionaires and paying people a livable wage, um, what else have I been watching? I've mostly been a podcast girly, which is also part of the reason why I have decided to bring this one back. Um, I just re-listened to all the episodes of one of my favorite podcasts, Freedom. It's a podcast with three comedians, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, uh, Scott Ackerman, and Lauren Lapkus. I feel like I said all their names really weird, but 
Paul F. Tompkins is one of my favorite comedians. I really think he is so funny and like just a gem of a person. I don't know him personally, but like listening to that podcast of his freedom, I also listened to his podcast with his wife called Stay F. Homkins, um, which is a podcast that they started in the pandemic. Uh, and they're both actors and writers, I think. So they're also on strike and they talk about being on strike and what that means and all that stuff, at least in recent episodes. Um, but yeah, I'm a, just a big fan of his. Um, and also I listen to Comedy Bang Bang, which is Scott Ackerman's podcast that he's been doing for like 14 years. So like very in the beginning of podcasting. Um, I've tried to go back and listen to a lot of the earlier episodes, but I'm not a huge fan of those. Uh, but I do like um, the more recent ones. I think I started listening in like 2019 when I was still at the bank that shall not be named and really struggling with like depression and anxiety. Um, so that podcast just made me laugh so hard and I really love listening to it. So that's what I was doing back in those days. And I still listen to this day. Um, but especially when Paul is on or if like comedians like Sean Distin or like Carl Tart or Drew, Tar- Drew Tarver are on, which by the way, Drew Tarver is on a show that I think just got canceled, but it's called The Other Two. Very funny show. You should check that out. It's on HBO Max or whatever they're calling it now. Um, so I listened to that podcast. I listened to a podcast with two other comedians. Uh, they're a married couple, um, Andy Beckerman and Naomi Perrigan. Um, it's called Couples Therapy. They have like a free feed of episodes that they put out on like all the podcasting uh, platforms. And then they have a Patreon um, and I'm a member of their Patreon, so I listen to some of their uh, more intimate, like, personal um, episodes as well, where they don't talk to, like, guests. They just talk to each other. Uh, that podcast is super funny. I love the guests they have on. They have on a lot of, like, queer people, which they're, like, a straight couple. They always joke about being sex negative and, like, um, all that stuff. So I was, like, surprised that they had on as many queer couples as they have on. Um, and like queer people as they have on. And the show's premise is just like, this couple interviews other couples or other people who are single or dating. They talk about their love lives and then they answer questions about um, they answer questions, sorry, I thought I, I thought I saw something, but they answer questions about um, they answer questions from listeners to the podcast about their dating lives or like whatever they're struggling with at the moment. Um, yeah, so I listen to that podcast a lot. And then what else did I listen to? Naomi has another podcast that just got canceled, but it's called uh, I Love a Lifetime Movie, which is self kind of self-explanatory, which is like they watch a Lifetime movie with her uh, co-host, Megan Gailey, and they talk about it and like make fun of it usually um, and like laugh at the absurdity of it. Um, so yeah, I listen to that podcast as well. Um, I also listen to a lot of like High Bridge. Um, not comedy podcasts, but like, uh, oh, there's another podcast I listen to that I've been listening to recently called Scott Hasn't Seen, which is Scott Ackerman's podcast. Um. 
about movies that he hasn't seen because he's like a movie buff. And he watches the movie and then reviews it and like says, I'm happy that I watched this or I'm not happy that I watched this or whatever. Um, listen to a podcast called uh, Add to Cart, which is Scott's wife's podcast with her co-host, like famed music journalist and like journalist in general, Sujin Pak um, from MTV. Um, also listen to, let me see. A new podcast by uh, John Kung, I believe, and drag queen Kimchi called One for the Table. It's a very good podcast about food, which I love. And yeah, that's about all the podcasts I listen to right now. Um, like I said, I'm a podcast girly, so I gave you a big rundown of like the things that I'm listening to. Um, and I also had started re-listening to episodes of this podcast. And really missing it. Um, so that's also part of the reason why I has decided to start it up again. Um, I think when I started this podcast, I was still in my like true crime phase, which I have exited. Thank God. Um, I just like the only true crimey podcast that I still listen to is last podcast on the left, and I only listen to really like their podcasts about like cryptids and like supernatural things of that nature. Um, Cause I just, I've fallen out of love with true crime because for one, I got really like happy with my life, which I think is like strange and sort of also makes sense. Like, I think that true crime is, it's understandable why people are like fascinated by it for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to like shame anybody, but like there's also an element of like making a spectacle out of other people's pain and misfortune and suffering and death, um, which I don't like at all. Um, I think there are certain podcasts that are very guilty of it and some that handle it really well. Um, but I just decided to give up on the genre altogether. Um, yeah. So podcast corner is over. What else do I want to talk about? I have a little list of things. Um, I think that's all that I wanted to catch you guys up on. Um, so I'm going to take another little break, get some water, and then we're going to come back with a nice little reading of poems. See you in a bit. Okay, we're back and I'm reading to you now. So this is again from Terrence Hayes' new book of poems called So to Speak. This one was called American Sonnet for Inner Visions. When James Baldwin and Audre Lorde each lend Stevie Wonder an eyeball, he immediately contends with gravity, falling either to his knees or flat on his luminous face. I've heard various versions of the story. In this one, Audre Lorde dons immaculate French loafers, turtlenecked ball gown, and an Afro halo. An eye-sized ruby glimmers on a pinky ring that's a hair too big for Jimmy Baldwin's pinky. He's blue with beauty. They're accustomed to being followed, but now the eye-patched twins will be especially scary to white people. Looking upon them, Stevie Wonder's head purples with plural visions of blackness, gavels, grapples, purrs, pens, 
odds are 10 to 1, God also prefers to be referred to as they and them. I love the way in a lot of his works, he like plays with the language and like really risks on like the line above or the line below or like does a lot of wordplay and like rhyme and all that stuff. It's like very, very languid and like juicy. I just think it's like such a a fun way to talk about and like write about things. Um, I'm probably only going to read the shorter poems in this collection just because when I read longer poems, I sort of get winded sometimes and like start to stutter unless I have rehearsed them. So I'm going to stick to like the shorter poems for now until I get better at reading them. This one is American Sonnet for My Grandfather's Love Child. You take a tree where all the blackbirds are sleeping, except for the one clapping its wings. That's the kind of woman who raised me. My mother changed her name to daughter, then to sister, then back to mother again. Three times she parked outside her wretched father's house, undertaking a melancholy kind of karaoke. She can't sing really, she's ashamed of her teeth, but she pretended an MC was saying, give her a hand when she finished. I wasn't there, but I bet she jangled her car keys as if she was offering a small girl a ride to the beach, to the ocean side. The water a girl becomes to survive in the soft applause washing ashore when she retreats. To love her, I had to love the night curling up around me. I woke up surprised whether she was coming or going. Y'all know I love a good mother poem. That's my shit. Mm. Let's see what else am I going to read from this collection. Okay, let's do this one. American Sonnet for My Past and Future Assassin. When Aretha and Nina sang, Mary, don't you weep, into the same mic, levitating on the stage, the future dictator, aged six or eight, ward off a black maid for a Sunday, was asleep. He pined for a timeline wherein he had remained awake. The tiny yellow flowers, yellow sparks and yellow jackets, swarming out of the mouths of the divas in this dazzling, undocumented happening, distracted no one attached to their singing. No one saw when one woman took the other by the hand or what appeared between them when they let go. Some guessed the celestial rope or a roadway or the disembodied robe of Lazarus or one of them held the head and the other the tail of the snake being returned to the garden as if nothing could be holier than forgiving him. In any case, the future dictator was not awake. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to read this one. It's really good. Something happened to this book where the pages got all fucked up. That's a bummer. Okay. This is another one called American Sonnet from My Past and Future Assassin. The only single women widows now are brides, half married to the breeze. We lie to stay together. We lie to make do. 
We lie to break the truth apart. We lie to shake fruit from the trees. My mother favored the worker bee. Her love buzzed with stickiness and sting. I'm here about the widow afraid of butterflies. A widow knows ruin may be as comprehensive as rain, a kind of cover for the dirt about the dead. Nature does not destroy, only change. Get down on your knees and pray and get up quickly and live to celebrate that. Falling is the first and most important skill in many things. How to fall without breaking as well as how to break. Tell me what you pray when you are broken or break. I really love that one. I love um, falling is the first and most important skill in many things. Such a good line. Ugh. Okay, I'm going to read this one. It's a little bit longer. I'm going to risk it. Blood pressure. Blood pressure medicine. Those instances, I stayed with my lone grandmother, moving backward in the early morning, in that terminal quiet between hearing her close the door of the, mirror, of the bathroom and open the bathroom mirror. My whole childhood feels like autumn, when the multiple browns of earth climb into the leaves, multiple points of view, multiple labors to conjure an imperfect painting of the living business, the lifeboat the breath machine in a ribcage, the brain language, the systems of currency, the blood current, the electricity, the spine off the upright, downtrodden, unholy, holy rattle of the wiring. I recall the morning song of her pills in a bottle. Now that my song is in the pills in the bottle at hand. I really take this poem. My whole childhood feels like autumn. Like, yeah, same, same. Um, okay, I'm going to read this one as well. Strange as the rules of grammar. The two or three times I saw Lil Wayne hanging out at the Praline Connection in New Orleans, he had a mouthful of bling covered in forkfuls of greens or green beans or white rice and red beans on a tongue of strange, lucrative grammar. The answer will be that which allows the most possible future when the plaintiffs come before the judge or the farmers. Before the king, it is not that which incurs unrest. The photograph does not belong to the photographer. It belongs to the camera. God jerry-rigs to the backs of a barn owl and a bat. We get a bird's eye view via the camera attached to the bat under cover of fur and weather, strange as the rules of grammar, like the branch of the forest industry tasked with trimming branches, strange as the sound of your signature on paper, all the animals unbeknownst to us communicate against, communicate using tele telepathy. The owl films the room wherein you are reflecting on something strange as the rules of grammar, between being grounded and being buried between being anchored and sinking. You know how they say at the forked tongue of crossroads and at the crooked foot of the foothills, nothing you haven't already heard. 
strain to the first wound you ever received. The scar is so old, others must tell you how it was made. Talk about a way to end the poem. Like, get the frick out of here. Oh my god. I'm just like, so obsessed. It's so good. Okay, what else do I want to read from this book? Should I risk doing another longer one? I don't know, I'm scared. Maybe I'll read a section from the longer one. Okay. Mm. I'm taking too long to figure out what I want to read. Oh my god. Um, I should have marked off these before I started. Okay. I'm going to read Folkstone, and that'll be the last one, I think. In my next life, let me be, dear Blackbird, born with a foot on the ass of all assholes. None of them will remember me, were startled in start light, or starling last year, hidden in the bushes, beside a river. Running down the valley in my next life, let me be, dear black bear, strong enough to pull my childish true enemy from the dark village down the street. Where monks imitators play the same nonlinear blues, I spend the lonely evenings playing force and become the underworld for the book. I left beside a girl on a subway, covered in footnotes and illegible handwriting, dream versus sincerity. Thinking versus feeling, machine versus engine, shadow versus shadow, the people who come after you versus the people behind you, anything versus everything, prom versus piano. If I live to be a four-year-old black girl again, my sky black dress will never be as black as my afro. If I live to be a 10-year-old shotgun again, black as an anvil full of buckshot, Raised me with my mother in the most southern and southernmost of the Carolinas. Force our enemies to gather, all the stones in a beautiful meadow, all stringing strange godly gospels to pass the time. <sighs> what a lovely poem. I want to read more. I love this book. Okay, this is gonna be the last one, I swear. I swear. I'm being honest. Strained as the rules of grammar. This is another one called that. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Kareem Abdul Jabbar's beautifully iambic name. Do not think of all the tall in him squeezing into a stall at the mall as strange. Some days his father whispered to himself, someday that boy is going to change his name 
I ran away from home as soon as I had a chance when I was four or five in the Carolinas. Certain words never used to cross my mind. A God who claims to be on the side of good but remains hidden is strange as the rules of grammar. The mouth fills with mouthfuls of grammar, strange as the flowers a lost child finds in the woods and consumes. Strange as that, that a toddler cries in public when something shiny appears. A candy heart as a ruby wrapped in plastic. A lonely coin blinking in the grass by the bottom of the fountain when the toddlers grasp. The first time my parents left me alone, the babysitter, I ran away before noon. They spent hours looking for me before going home to find I had been waiting on the porch the whole day. They say you too may recall a story so old you never thought to mention it to anybody. Strange as the first wound you ever received. The scar is so old, others must tell you how it was made. Ugh. So good. Mm. Okay, that's all I'm going to read from that book. I read quite a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about anything else. Um, I could tease who's coming on the podcast, but I kind of want it to be a surprise. I'll just say there are a lot of very talented, very inventive poets, especially who are doing amazing things in the genre that I have reached out to that I hope will be on the pod if I get everything in order and everything right. Um, I'm super excited for that because I just love talking to people about their books and their projects and things like that. I might have some return guests coming back to like update you on what they've been up to. Um, I have one of mine, an artist in mind that I had on that has been doing some really cool work. So I want to have her back on. Um, yeah, I think that's all that I have for y'all for now. This is kind of a lot. So I will end here and say that if you're still listening, if you still listen to episodes that I've done from uh, a couple years ago, thank you for sticking with it. Thanks for revisiting older episodes. I'm super grateful and excited to bring this back to you in a new and more exciting way. Um, oh, I forgot. Uh, my untoppable bop. Uh, so this week, we're going with the song that made me cry this morning. I was just sitting here listening to the Moody Mix on Spotify, my Moody Mix, and then Fade Into You by Maisie Star came on. And I was like, that's untoppable right there. And you might say, that's not a bop. I'm counting at this one right now because the swell of emotion that it stirred up in me was like nothing I've ever experienced before. That song is so good. Um, if I can, I'll plug it at the end of this episode and let it fade out for you. Um, yeah, I'm just so excited about this being back. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, Follow me on Instagram at bell.biv.deho. Follow me on Twitter at figwidow. I'm probably deleting my Twitter soon, though. So if you are on Blue Sky, you can follow me on Blue Sky at Danny Janae. I snagged that one, so I'm very happy about it. Um, and what else? Oh, I started a Substack 
Um, my Substack is Dinjanae at Substack.com, I guess, as well. Um, but my Substack is uh, Ask a Queer Doctor, which is me talking to queer doctors about their professions and what they do, um, how they navigate misinformation in their fields and like about their fields. So subscribe there, become a paid subscriber, especially. I'm looking for more paid subscribers. I'm trying to get to 100. So help me out. Um, thank you so much again. Love y'all. Have a great one. Peace.